Hey everyone, it's Millie. It's Cabby. And we're back for another week of Change by Degrees uh, with our summer interview series. And this week we have another special interview. Our guest today is a super talented woman. Her name is Sally Kina, and she is a filmmaker, actor, makeup artist, and fellow creative. According to her website, she is a passionate storyteller and communicator with style. She's also worked on innumerable film projects over the past 15 years, approaching film production with talent honed from a variety of work on set. Sally is a detail-oriented director and a trained actor who loves working with actors and allowing space for spontaneous magic to be captured. She has a talent of creating a comfortable environment for first-time on-camera interviewees as well as seasoned pros. You can find Sally at sallykina.com and follow her on Instagram at sallykinaonset. Do you want to just kind of start telling us about your time in the film industry and then we'll kind of jump off of that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I started out with a fine arts background. Um, and I, and I, it's interesting. I was thinking before, you know, before we chatted kind of how I came about to work in the industry. Um, and there's a lot of different interesting sort of kismet things along the way. Um, I, I went to school at VCU and back in the day you had to go through a fine art, fine arts program before you applied to the discipline of your choice, even if that was photography or film. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. And it was a really nice way, I think, of melding things that had been a part of my identity as a kid, drawing and painting and even photography. Um, and that kind of created this natural progression towards, you know, I, I applied to photo and I got in and I kept making these projects that were these long sequences of photos that were really telling a story. Um, and oftentimes they were quite elaborate. You know, I'd have my, some of my friends and their friends, you know, I dress them up in these costumes and have them pose this certain way, um, and give them characters. And at a certain point I realized that there were a lot of reasons why I felt like I wasn't a good fit in the photo program or vice versa. And so I, um, after a semester, I changed to film and, it was such a good fit. It was just one of those things that you just know that you know when it happens. Um, and now looking back, I can see like, oh yeah, like as a kid, I was always like dressing up my brother and sister in costumes and like painting backdrops on a refrigerator box that we played with a lot and making the neighborhood, you know, having the neighborhoods come over and directing them in like a production of The Little Mermaid with like a boom box. Love that. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure my siblings can attest uh, to all the stuff that I put them through, um, but it was all so fun. And at the end of the day, one of the reasons why I love working in the film industry is we're all just working together to create something that is really just play pretend. It's a story. Mm. Um, it's something that someone thought up and, you know, it trickled down through all these departments and all these people who are each an expert in their craft are coming together to have for this common goal. Um, that is ultimately, it's something creative. That is, that is. I mean, so you started off in photography. Do you still think you learned things in that particular school that you carried over to film? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, being in school for, for photography in, in any, anything that I, you know, I studied while I was there really pushed whatever natural talent or predilections I had, like really push them. And um, I think 
when you're creating projects in school and you have deadlines, you are being forced to make decisions often quickly. Mm. And one of the things that's, I think, very important about film, especially if you are creating films, you're writing, you're a storyteller, um, you have to communicate something visual very quickly, whether that's just one image, right? Like, I'm sure you can think of a film where there's one shot and you're like, they've said so much, or there's a scene or, you know, where they're telling an entire story just by the way that someone is standing and the light and the way that their hair and makeup is done and the look on their face. Like, so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot about, I, I think it gave me more room to explore how I wanted to take photos. Um, and I've, I've, man, I've learned so much to just believe in the journey and the process, right? Like, I think that anything that you're curious about that you follow and you do, um, whether that's one photo class or taking photo for a semester, or in my case, like working in the industry, but not necessarily pursuing directing until, you know, a few years ago, um, all of that's so valuable. Like, and I'm sure there's a lot that I learned that I, I, I don't know how to like look back and point to, but, um, yeah, yeah, you, you learn to communicate. And I think you it helps you to start to figure out your own style. Um, I, I also really loved the film criticism part because it helped me develop a sense of what it is that I thought was a good film and why. And judging other people's work in, a, in an atmosphere that's like um, a constructive atmosphere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And seeing so many different points of view and different ways that people can tell a story, I think was really impactful. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Um, and I, I always think like, I, in my case, I'm really glad that I decided to study something that I was really interested in without any sense of like an end sort of, uh, I had no real thought about where it was going to go. Like I didn't, I didn't go, you know, apply to school thinking I'm going to this school so that I can, you know, do A, B, and C I had no like five-year plan or anything. I was, I just was like, I am choosing the path of an artist. This is my life path. People aren't necessarily going to understand it. Um, and yeah, I just was like, this is where I need to be. So I think that if you're always following your gut and your curiosity, um, it's always going to, it's, it will always serve you. And that's not to say if you have a, I mean, if you have a five-year plan and this is someone who's like, I'm going to be a doctor. So these are the steps I need to take. Um, absolutely. Like you, you, you need to follow your gut. Um, but in my case, yeah, <laughs> I think it, that was interesting. It was like, and I didn't really have a lot of guidance about choosing a career path or a college. Um, I slipped my college application under the door of the arts building the day before it was due or the I think it may be the morning that it was due oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that I got into school um that's one of those things that you look back as a, as an adult as like a more grown-up adult I guess and I'm like wow that's not a that's not normal that's like that's kind of amazing though. yeah that's kind of amazing <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of that looking back I'm like I might not have had the like structures or guidance that some other, you know, uh, teenagers had, but I had this sort of like outside 
magical force guiding me and 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 I think a lot of that is is just your gut like you have to um just learn how to listen to that inner voice even when other people are telling you I, and I honestly I think a lot of times when people are telling you things from the outside that are negative or critical they're just placing their own limits on you like they're just telling you what they would think in their case because they're not the ones hearing your your intuition you know yeah I think that's super cool because everything you just said it, it resonates I think for me and for Millie so much because yes. as creative people I think I mean I don't know about people who aren't are more like analytical or more I don't know not creative but just for I think for creatives like it's so interesting how we can trace back. You were talking about your childhood and like how we can trace mm-hmm. back to our childhood. Yeah. Who we were supposed to be as adults. And like, you mm-hmm. remember dressing up and like making your siblings dress up and, um, you know, almost like you said, like playing pretend and just knowing that, like, as you yeah. were an adult, you know, you're like, I don't care. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't really know why, but I just know this is the path that in my gut, like who I'm supposed to be, like, I'm supposed to be doing this and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I know that if I don't like, it's just not going to be the life that is fulfilling or I'm not going to be living out my passions, which is pretty insane. And like, I think that also segues really well into kind of like our first point of, of how you define success and how you've, um, how you've kind of tried to not, I don't want to say like change the way people think about success, but obviously like for you, it's like, well, as long as I'm happy, as long as I know that what I'm doing is what I should be doing and what my passion is then you know I feel successful so like how how would you define success in your own life versus kind of like what the world says success is um yeah it's it's interesting I mean it's it's hard to me it's something that's always evolving but um I I think one day I just sort of realized I guess it's sort of this sort of evolved decision or realization that I was like I have to decide what success is going to mean to me because only then will it be really meaningful. Um, Just like I have to decide what my own goals are. Um, And I think once you decide what success is going to mean to you, it was interesting. I was talking to, um, I I speak to a really awesome therapist because I, I, I think that in some ways you also, like you were talking about like, you know, finding clues when about what you're supposed to be when you're little. I think in a way you are the own, your own detective. You're like the detective of your life. Yeah. And when you're able to like talk things out, um, a lot of times I'll find clues. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a clue. Cool. Um, that feels really special. Okay. I'm going to hang on to that. Um, but yeah, she asked me, I, I was talking about how I, I'm like, I just, I want to be a really good director. She said, well, how will you know when you're a good director? And I realized that in that cool way that therapists do, she was asking me a question that didn't have a right answer. Yeah. It was literally whatever answer I gave was going to be the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of told her this, this vision that I have for, you know, the future, but I thought, I, w- I was listing out all these things and I was like, oh, wow, I'm kind of already doing that now. Like I, I did a project in December that was so fun. I got to direct. Um, and um, I realized I was like, wow, I'm, I'm doing I did. But I did a lot of those things then. So 
why does that have to only qualify, you know, five years ahead? Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, success, it's, it's obviously very personal because at the end of the day, I'm going to be the one that, that says like, yeah, you're successful. Um, but to me, I think in my case, it's like, yes, um, I'm providing for myself, um, doing something that I enjoy. I'm also taking care of myself. I'm making sure that I have breaks and rest. I'm listening to myself. Um, I'm setting boundaries, you know, something at work. I'm really passionate about creating safe work environments as well as I, I'm like very, I'm also very passionate about gender parity, which, um, if anyone reads my Instagram stories, there's like rants on there sometimes. So <laughs> welcome. Anyone you want. Um, but I think whatever that is for you, it can evolve. Um, but I think it's worth taking time to, it's, it's really just a, to me, a beautiful form of loving yourself is saying, these are my goals. This is what it means to be successful. Um, and then once you attain some of that, take a moment to celebrate it. Um, my, my little brother just, well, he's little, he's like in his mid to late twenties, but he just finished an album with his band and sent it off to get mastered. And you know how there's people in your life that you kind of speak into their life or encourage them, but then it encourages you. Cause you're like, Oh gosh, I really need to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow, that sounded cool. Where did that come from? I need to like write it down and put it on my fridge. Cause right. that's all <laughs> um, and I was like, have you guys celebrated? Like, I know you're, you're, you're at your home, you know, you're not leaving the house, but is there a way that you can celebrate? Can you pop open a sparkling water? Like, can you, like, whatever that is. And um, I started a thing where I would, for, for like a short season, anytime something really good would happen as far as like, I would get it um, a good gig, you know, or I would finish a large job um, or a film project, I would go to Hank's Oyster Bar in Alexandria and get um, half a dozen oysters and some French fries and maybe a key lime pie. Um, slice, not the entire pie. Although if that's your thing, go for it. I'm like, if you want um, pie, get the whole pie. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I actually? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly I have not met my own metrics of success. Yeah. <laughs> not by the entire pie. Um, revising that. Yeah. I think it's also, when you, when you talk about success, I think it could be, this bottomless pit, you know, I hear a lot of successful people talk about um, how when they got what they thought they wanted, they still felt the same way inside. And so one of the things that I want to do while I'm working really hard and being ambitious is listening to that on the inside of me, that inner voice and saying, taking a moment to say, hey, you did this thing. Hey, look around you. Like paying your phone bill doesn't stress you out anymore. Like you just bought that cute dress and you're wearing it and you feel nice. And like, it's not making it impossible for you to buy gas later. Like, or you just, you know, held yourself in a really great way and kept your cool in a really difficult situation, you know? Um, and a lot of that kind of goes like, I, I do, it's like almost like self-parenting, but I think otherwise, if we're, holding ourselves to be accomplishing these things that we dream about, but then we don't stop to recognize 
what's happened and be thankful for it. And even think that like what I was talking about, the magical outside force that you're like, I don't know how part of this happened. Like half of this was my hard work and ingenuity, but there's also that sparkly gut feeling that led me to this or this wonderful person that crossed my path, et cetera, et cetera. I think the more that we're stopping, even if it's like five seconds, you know, in the target parking lot to be like, you know what? Things are good. Thank you. This is good. Um, I think it makes it easier to do, to do the bigger things, to do more, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think that's such a healthy perspective, especially for us as creatives. Cause like you were saying earlier, like our career paths aren't as clearly delineated as others and we can get really lost within yeah. ourselves. And I think us, we usually consume like the top of the top of anything that we're creating. And we think that what we're creating is lesser than that. So yeah. I think it's really healthy to have a viewpoint of success that's you're, that you've created yourself. Because if we're comparing ourselves to the top films or the top, you know, Spotify oh. top from, you yeah. know, 100, as me, you know, as a musician, I'm like, well, my stuff doesn't sound like that. It's not right. performing as well as that. And it's just, we either quit or we have a really bad mental health day or week or yeah. month. Um, but I think that's so healthy and needed to be heard because yeah. we don't sometimes support each other as well as we should. And I think coming off of that, I'm curious, like, do people's opinions or evaluations of your work, does that get to you sometimes? Like, how, how do you deal with that knowing that you have your own evaluation of your success? Yeah, that's, that's a very... That's a very good question. Um, so I think there's a couple of things. One, I really value the opinions of the people in my sort of inner circle. And I've, I've tried to create or like I've tried to recognize a group of people who are in my life who I trust to give work to when it's raw. Whether, usually that's a screenplay. Like that's usually a script or a rough cut of a short. Um and those are people that I trust to not only praise me for things that they think are cool, but also tell me, by the way, I think that last, you need to color correct this one part or, or whatever, or this part of this, you know, the story needs some clarification. Um, and that is really, really important to me. So I think that's more of a, a case of having people that you know can give you constructive criticism. And sometimes that also means handing over something that's, because yeah, you, you create art and it's so personal. I mean, mm. it's so personal. Um, but I have a couple people that I'm really grateful for that I know I can send them something and ask and say, hey, this is what I want to know. These are the questions that I want to ask you to answer about this. Um, you know, I think there, there's, there's always moments where somebody says something about something that's, it's misunderstood. I feel misunderstood or, but I've become less and less caring about other people's opinions. I'm, I want to, oh, I want to be so sensitive to people's feelings, right? Like mm -hmm. I want to create something that's meaningful that's going to move someone that's going to speak to someone you know i, I want to create work that feels deep and beautiful and relatable or funny you know i want it in that way i care but i don't if if somebody is being negative in a way that's destructive or abusive it, it's it doesn't have any meaning to me 
Um, so I think having that ability to say what, what does resonate, like if somebody gives me a massive criticism, I get to decide what of that I use, right? And I've had, I've had situations where it was a, um, I was in an acting class once and the coach was like, really not, he's one of those yelling coaches, which I do not, I'm not cool with. Yeah. It was, it was triggering. It wasn't cute. Um, I had to leave and get a sangria. Um, it was not good. And I like ran and I like went and he was criticizing me for being too soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. I ran in my car and I cried. Um, this was a couple of years ago, but what's interesting was I decided to take some truth in what he said and reject all the rest of it. I was like, you know what? That man was right. When I go into an audition and I introduce myself, I am too soft-spoken. I've been told this when I was in a play. I've been told, I've been told this for the past 10 years. He doesn't know my truth, which is the house I was raised in, who I was. Like he doesn't know my story, but however, as a, as an actor, as a professional actor, this is a piece of criticism that I am going to, hey, that's that's actually quite helpful. I want to be the best actor I can be. I want to get the acting jobs that I auditioned for. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to learn how to project more. However, the the the, the abusive way in which he delivered it, um, the way in which he, you know, um, was disrespectful, that I'm I'm going to... I'm going to let that part go. <laughs> I'm going to go do something that reminds me that I'm valuable um, and I love myself. And then, cool, then tomorrow's another day. Um, so that's, that's kind of like how I handle it because I'm, I'm a sensitive person. I'm, I'm definitely like an empath. And yeah. I think a lot of creative people are. And it's, it's hard. I mean, I, yeah, it's really hard. But the thing is, it's interesting, is like if someone's criticism really hurts you, um. I've had times where I've had to investigate why. And a lot of times those are clues in my like detective time that I can figure out what's the deeper hurt there that that's really hurting. And usually it's something like that I can work on with my therapist, but yeah, I mean, that's something. And some people are not as, you know, affected by it, but, but as far as creating work, I don't, I don't care what people think because if someone doesn't like a movie that I've made, well then it just wasn't for them. But there's a lot of people that it is for. I mean, I've had my 91 year old grandmother told me that she found Moon Eyes relatable. Moon Eyes is a like a 17 minute short that I made. Um, well, then that then Moon Eyes exists for her. It exists for all the people who've watched it and told me that it reminded them of a date they went on, or you know, it inspired them in some way. So you 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 find your people, right? Like. And that's, I think that's what's important. It's like, what are you giving your, you're spending your time and your energy and your attention on? For every person that doesn't get you or understand you or has a negative opinion, you know, you can close your eyes and, and remember all the other people around you who will say something kind to you in a second, who are like crazy about you. I <laughs> try and like keep building up those, those relationships. That's so cool because I think, like you said, finding your people. And I, I do think that's super important for creatives because, like you said, we are – a lot of creatives are empaths and we feel things so deeply. Cool. Yeah. Not only do Part we of the gift. It's yeah. your gift. 
it, right? it, but it's also a, it can be a burden yeah it can be like it's like a double-edged sword like it can be both and I think yeah. part of the maybe bad edge is that because we feel things so deeply and we just kind of stay in our minds so much it's like I don't know if we're bottling things up but it's just like we don't realize that like you mentioned, you have a therapist and I'm like, I think everyone should have a therapist. Like everyone Ooh, should yeah. have a therapy because oh, yeah. it's so great. valuable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've like, I've realized things. It's yeah. It's changed my life. Um, yeah. I went through, I went through a lot in, you know, uh, I would say like a couple years ago and I started talking to my therapist during a difficult time and it's just being, I think having someone that you talk to regularly also helps you look back and see how far you've come. Because sometimes she'll remind me, she'll say, these are the reasons why you said, you know, you wanted to talk in the first place. And I realize, oh my gosh, all those things have happened now. Mm. Okay, we get new goals. So it's it's also a lovely way of, um, yeah, of, of kind of seeing how, how much you grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think whether it be, cause I know a lot of people like maybe therapy isn't, isn't an option, but like you said, yeah. having someone to talk to. And I think, yes. especially someone who, well, I think it could go both ways. Like having another creative to talk to who knows yeah. where you're coming from because creatives feel things so deeply and it's really hard to explain yeah. what you're feeling unless you do it through the avenue or the passion that you know you have. Like for me, it's writing, for Millie, it's music, for you, it's yeah. making. And I think, that's how we that's how we express our emotions so it's really hard to talk to someone who doesn't who doesn't I think get things yeah. through that avenue but at the same time yeah. I think it's better to have or it's it's equally important to have someone who is a creative who understands you as well as someone who's a third party who maybe isn't a creative and who can yeah. objectively say you know what they're seeing in you or what they're seeing in your work like I think both avenues are yeah. important and, but yeah, but specifically you're right. Like having a f another friend who's a creative, um, is really great because you will speak the same language and there's a lot less time that you need to, you know, explain yourself. I have a friend who, you know, every once in a while she'll be on a shoot and she'll be like, Oh my gosh, I had the most, like, I won't burden with you, you with it, but I had the most nightmare shoot. And I'm like, no, let's get a coffee and tell me everything Yeah, because <laughs> I've been there. Like she's, she's a few years younger than me. Um, she's so fantastic. And I'm like, no, like I've been on the worst, some of the worst film set situations ever. So whatever it is, I've heard it and, uh, lay it on me. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that friendship goes both ways, you know? Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I mean, those things that you've said, I, I wish I heard two or three years ago because it's <laughs> so true. Having to do with professors, like you think you're going to go to an art school and everything's going to be like amazing and then right. it's not and it destroys you. Isolation <laughs> is the worst. And I think, because I've had like two professors I can think of particularly who really thought I just wasn't talented, like meant to be a musician. <gasps> and it, like I cried so much and actually I hadn't met Gabby at that point. So it was really lonely and it, I almost quit, honestly. Wow. So knowing that people could have helped me through that. And they still have, like there's still moments that I doubt myself. But being able to, like you said, like, take the good and leave the bad. Like they were yeah. giving me, sometimes it just wasn't helpful at all, but sometimes there were little nuggets here and there that if I was able to kind of separate that in my mind, yep. would have been, I would have gotten over it much faster. And two, it just would have been 
more helpful to me than it yeah. was. Um, but yeah, that's so powerful. And I think it's something that, I mean, applies in college, but even now, like to find yeah. a group of people that I can trust because one of my biggest struggles as a creative is sharing my work. Yeah. I don't know why it's like the hardest thing to me, but to know that for you, like having a group of people that you trust, mm-hmm. uh, it just gets easier. That's just mm-hmm. an encouragement to me because it's been a struggle, but uh, uh, little by little, like you said, it's good to have people to point out your growth because I think even if you are your own little detective, you just miss some things like in day to day life, yeah. um, have a few cheerleaders for you um, or people to call you out is just incredible. Yeah. I would say. yeah. In a way that is sensitive to your, to you, to yourself as an artist. And here's the thing too, I think about professors is like, someone can help you refine and hone your craft they they can't talk to you about your gut and your vision and your destiny. Like if you know that you know that something is what you want to do and it's in your heart and your soul, that they can't counsel you on that. You know, maybe maybe you have a magical professor who's helpful and that's awesome. <laughs> but there's so many people out there, you know, who are teaching who they're just there to refine your craft. But it's hard when your craft is part of your your deepest feelings. And that's I think where it's, it's hard. Like there's, and there's not like, there's not just a one, one blanket way of handling it either. Um, but I'm glad that you got, I'm glad that you got through that and you're still following what you want to do. You know, I think that's, that's, that's really awesome. And that's something that you should celebrate too. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Recently graduated. I'm about to, um, and I'm trying to celebrate it. It's hard, but (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. I can I can only imagine what it must be like to be graduating right now. Oh, it's been crazy. Like my last semester was a disaster. <laughs> like nothing was like you would imagine it to be. And I wasn't even before this whole situation, I wasn't sure if I wanted to walk or not. Mm-hmm. But then other things that I was missing out on, like just the the, the chapter and yeah. to, like walk off campus the last time, um, especially after going through all that like heartache to yeah. kind of process things and that's why I said like Having a therapist might really help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, as a creative, just to have, like, I don't know what you would call them, like, just stamps and time um, really help. Because when you're yeah. freelancing, like, Gabby and I both freelance, even though we have actual jobs. Yeah. Um, and it can be so hard to kind of govern your own time and what you're doing and what's a success. Mm-hmm. So having these conversations really, I think, helps us as a community and individually kind of process those things in our lives. Cause Good, yeah, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's great to talk to you guys and other people who, you know, all the stuff they've gone through is meaningful, you know? Um, and that encourages me too. We all, we all got to stick together. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, and one thing I will say, Sally, is that you just seem so like sure of yourself and confident. And I know that creatives are always constantly growing, but I just love, <laughs> I love what you said when you were like, yeah, if people don't really like, I don't really care, you know, like I'll take what, yeah. I'll take the good and leave and leave the bad and yes. just you know, move on because, and I think a lot of times creatives, we have to do that. A lot of times it's like you put something out there and it comes back to you and no one liked it, but you're like, oh, well, I still like it. And that's, that's hard yeah. to say, but it's true. Yeah. Like you just have to. You just have to listen to yourself and to the story that you wanted to put out into the world. And just because people don't respond to it in the way that you thought they should or thought they would doesn't doesn't mean it's any more um, important, like less important than than somebody else's story. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you never know what you, you know, when you're creating something out of a place of truth and expressing something, you never know who it's going to resonate with, you know? Um, and, and thank you for saying that. I still struggle. It's interesting. I was talking to my therapist about confidence too. Um, I still struggle with some, you know, I still struggle. I still struggle with, with believing myself in some ways. And it's interesting because one thing that she said to me was that confidence in something that you've done, there's, there's, there's areas in which, I, in which I'm like, yeah, I got this. Well, it's because I've been doing it for 15 years. But there's other ways in which I have to rely on the knowledge of, oh, I can do all of these skills. Like this is the list of things required. Yeah, I can do all of these. I don't have that feeling though. I don't have that feeling of, oh yeah, I've done this over and over again. And that's something that that's something that I'm working on. Um, is just knowing, well, on paper it's there. Um, and the, the other thing I was going to say that's really helpful has been really helpful for me that I've now had a lot more time to do is I listen to, I try and just d- devour, you know, content from somebody who's, who's, um, in my craft. So I've listened to a lot of interviews of actors and filmmakers and directors. Um, and that's, that's been really, really encouraging because they're all just real people, like people who I look up to, you know, um, it's great hearing their stories because you realize like, Oh yeah, like they might, they might be on a much bigger stage. Right. But they, they also were someone who was, you know, who went to art school and was just like celebrating their own weird. And then they found somebody who appreciated their weird. Um, you know, um, I listened to a great, one of them, for example, is listening to the armchair expert podcast. Um, Melissa McCarthy, that was a fun interview. Oh, cool. You know, and finding, figuring out, like, her basically getting a job that was, that let her celebrate. Um, so I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, by the way. I love Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. It's very, yeah. Like, to the point where now I watch a lot of episodes of Murder, She Wrote, and I will take a photo of someone who I know has been on Gilmore Girls, who is on Murder, She Wrote, and send it to my cousin, who's also a major Gilmore Girls fan. Um, there's a lot of crossover in those two shows. Yes. Um, anyways, um, so, you know, just the point where, like, she was on Gilmore Girls, which was a great gig for her, but it didn't, even that didn't let her show the full range of what she could do. Didn't let her show her own personal weirdness. Um I think another thing, you know, I was realizing when you were saying like, oh, you're, you're confident in being yourself. I grew up in a place where I was always the only girl at the mall with purple hair. Mm. <laughs> and this is the, this is the mid nineties. Love it. Um, I had my youth group leader told me that she told me that she was scared of me when she first met me. Mm. What the heck? Yeah. That's not, that's not like a good look for you. Yeah, but no, that's fine. It's fine. This was a long time ago. Like, anyways, it's it's actually not fine. Don't ever say that to a teenage girl. Um, yeah. Not. I'm not telling you guys. I'm telling anybody who's listening. Right. Yeah, I know that you know that. Um, so I think. Also, I re- I realize, like looking back, I I've always sort of I've always done what felt 
right? Even if that was very counterculture. And I, I think I really, I really liked expressing myself and, you know, I would like, you know, I'd make my own clothes and wear like fairy wings to school and stuff. So that part, I'm used to, I'm used to people looking at me weird. Mm. Um, and it's interesting too, because a lot of times if I wonder if I'm doing things right, or I'm excited about a new accomplishment, it's that version of me that I think about. Mm. Like, the her i'm like that 15 year old thinks i'm awesome right now cool um you know that punk little punk girl <laughs> so i think that's another thing too that's interesting like you might be as however old you are but you're still all those other ages you know mm-hmm. yeah no that that's a cool way of thinking about it. Like, I think when we were younger, it's so much easier to just not care what people think. And yeah. then you become yeah. an adult, you right. value people's opinions so much more. Right. But you're like, I'm a rebel. It's just part of my identity. Like, I'm wearing ribbed yeah. fish whatever. <laughs> right. And then we get older, and we, we lose a bit of that, but we can still do it in our work. We're still doing it in our work, right? We're still creating things. Wow, yeah, I know. Keep that imagination, because you can become so close-minded. <laughs> you pass, like, the age of maybe 18, 21. Right. Yeah. Like, it destroys a little piece of you and you have to get it back. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That's a really good point. Yeah. Maybe that's, it's, it's that still having that fire of creativity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not losing that. I still, I I think about her and I'm like, I want her to still think I'm cool. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's like, would she, I guess you kind of have to think like, you know, I think we always should be improving on our past selves. So it's kind of like right. when, like you said, like you were that 15 year old and it's like, you didn't care. Like, yeah, I'm going to wear right. fairy wings to school and I'm going to have purple hair. And like, <laughs> yeah. why not? Like, yeah, do it. Who cares? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you get to be an adult. And I think we try to fit into a box that's socially acceptable and, you know, yeah. sure. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you might not be wearing fairy wings to work every day, but that might manif- manifest itself into like a different area of your life. So, hundred percent, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm dressing appropriate for the work and the places. <laughs> that I'm Which nowadays, purple hair actually isn't. I mean, it used to be like it used to be way more shocking than it is now. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I I worked at places like you know Capitol Hill and these Fortune 500 companies. I'm wearing a blazer sometimes, but yeah, that that attitude, hundred percent, it shows up in your work. And there's other things, yeah, there's other things that you you channel that energy to. That's that's very yeah, well said. That's so cool. I love that. I think, um, and I kind of already you kind of talked a little bit about this, but kind of just like conflicts and barriers in your field but it really sounds like you I mean once again I know that everyone's continually growing but like you kind of have a handle at least on who you are and and what you want to accomplish so it's kind of maybe I don't want to say easier because everyone goes through struggles but yeah at least clearer to see yeah how to barriers I appreciate that that's really encouraging for me to hear um, because I still have days where I, I think I, I know exactly what I want to do, but I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, and I still feel like there's a lot of barriers, but I have to, tr- I just have to trust that because it's so strong in my gut, um, that it'll work out. But I mean, honestly, the first one, when you say that, I, I'm like, it's sexism. Like I, I talk about it a lot, but it's, it's still constantly, it's still constantly an issue and it's so pervasive. Fortunately now, um, 
I think Hollywood is asking for way more female-led TV shows. I've written a show, which um, our mutual friend uh, Lana is is acting in with me once we get to write the or shoot the proof of concept video, um, a TV show that I want to pitch about. It's two female leads, and they form a detective agency in their small town, even though they haven't seen each other in 10 years because of a family feud. Um, And so I I hear now that, you know, and I I have, I used to live in LA and I have a lot of friends there. Um, And so I do see things changing and Hollywood asking for way more projects, female-led projects. You know, I want to, I want to write and direct for TV and I love acting, so I still want to act. But there's still so much, there's still so much, there's still so much sexism. I deal with it all the time, especially, I think though, especially in the DC area, I think it's, it's a lot. I think it's probably worse here, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think barriers, there's always going to be yourself, you know, things that you kind of have to get over. Um, obviously, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of things for me personally, but a lot of it I think is mental. And so I'm constantly trying to assess what it is that's holding me back from believing in myself or why am I overthinking something? Because a lot of times I think, I don't know if you guys have this issue as like an empath issue is that you think about things a lot. Yeah. So I have a friend who's a producer and I also produce, um, but I see her just doing things really quickly. I'm like, wow, you didn't even, you didn't even like, think through all of your 10 emotions about email. <laughs> you just sent that email. Um, so I try and surround myself with people who I like the way they work and I want to learn from them. Mm. She's one of them. Um, I love the way she works. It's amazing. I'm like, wow, you're so fat. You just go, you just do stuff. You just get stuff done. Um, and I have, I like, sometimes my emotions will get in the way. Obviously yeah. I'm running a business, so it's not to the point where like every day I'm in the fetal position crying, but like, <laughs> and, and actually I joined a female centric co-work space last, last year. And I've seen, um, you know, the incidence of me putting stuff off because I'm overthinking it has, has dwindled because of that. Now, of course it's closed. It's the wing, but of course right now it's closed. Right. Um, but yeah, so I would say, it's also good. And one thing I'm trying to do is like find and surround yourself with people who either have the job you want or are really good at doing a job in the way that you want to be good at. Um, so I try and befriend those people and then don't let them go. <laughs> Sit next to them, buy them a lavender latte, yeah. <laughs> admire the way that they just clickety clack away at those emails or, you know, <laughs> call that whatever. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Um, Women in the workplace, and then women as creatives. Who, yeah, we're still fighting that battle. And I think seen by other women, like, it's just, wow. Let me. I struggle with standing up for myself as an individual, especially mm-hmm. as a woman, because I think I'm going to be perceived as mean or BICCH. Having someone like Gabby has really helped because a year ago, I probably wouldn't have said anything. And there's things that have been happening recently. And she's like, no, you should do that. And I've done, not all the time. Sometimes I really (laughs) walk out of my face. But um, just those little victories to celebrate that. And even that if you do get perceived some way as a woman to be like, but that's okay because I know who I am and that I'm correct. Um, Yeah. Opinions can really 
mess with your mind. Again, like a year ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm overstepping my boundaries or think I'm disrespectful. And then now I can look at that and be like, well, no, I was just standing up for myself like anyone else would. Um, So I'm just so interested in you kind of bringing that conversation into the film industry because I'm sure you've had Oh, yeah. Well, and what, so one thing I think about a lot, and, and I, I've had the same journey. I mean, I used to be someone who, when I look back, ten, I think I, I did the first big budget movie where I was, I was a makeup artist on maybe 10 years ago or over 10 years ago. And when I think about some of the stuff I used to deal with versus how I handle it now, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, and yeah, it's hard. And I can only, so in the film industry, I, I, the way I see it, I think it's a bit easier because if someone thinks I'm difficult and that's creating conflict for me, I'm only going to have to deal with it for as long as the gig is. Um, right. If you're in a workplace with someone that's (laughs) right. But either way, my thought is you correct it early and just handle it then. And so I guess I would say I have a couple of different ways of dealing with stuff like that. And when I'm saying stuff like that, I mean like someone being inappropriate, making me uncomfortable, or just having to set boundaries. I've learned that people, that you basically tell people who you are, right? And I've watched a lot of men. I've watched a lot of the way men behave. And I've learned a lot from watching male directors over the past 10 years on, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of film sets. Um, And a lot of times I will think to myself, now I'm going to ask for this and and I feel like I'm being difficult. However, what if I was a male director? How would he handle this? And I look at the way that a lot of, and, and some of these guys, there is toxic masculinity. They are walking in the room. They just act like the room is like lucky to have them. And I've seen guys just create a really toxic environment by being incredibly negative. Of course, there's also male directors who just walk, they, they just walk into the room with the privilege that they have. It's, it's just something inherent to them. Um, and they behave in a way where they're like, people are going to listen to me when I speak, right? People are going to like, you know, justify anything that I say. Whatever. That's, that's obviously a whole other thing too. Um, <laughs> but I, I see it a couple different ways. I want to set the tone early so that people know how to treat me for the rest of the time, whether that's like, oh, okay, um, this is what she needs to do her job. This is what, you know, to ask like, oh, hey, I really, do you guys have an extra light? Or, hey, we need water for the steamer, that kind of a thing, right? That's that's how I'm, part of how I'm doing my job, like if I'm, you know, let's say I'm doing styling. But then there's also the issue of what, what you're saying, Millie, about how when Gabby came along, she helped you see where you needed to speak up, right? And I think about not only my younger friends who are in the industry, who maybe are not as like, I want to say like weathered by their like time on set. It's like being like, I don't know, like I've been in the circus too long, kids are like, you know, like um, the popcorn's stale now. Um, No, it's not like that. I love the film industry, but like, it's not my first radio. Um, I don't want the 18 year old girl to come on set and have someone make her feel uncomfortable the way that I've felt. I want to handle it now 
to try and perpetuate a safe environment for whoever is coming after me. There are other women who are coming after me um, when I've moved on to different jobs and I want I want film, the film industry to be a safer place for them. So my hope usually is it is by telling a man that he's not, it's not okay for him to pressure me into telling him how old I am and whether or not I'm married, which is a real thing that happened. Um, I, I hope that after me telling him that that's not okay, he learns so that next time there's a young woman or anyone working with him, he doesn't try and have that same conversation with them. Um, so it, for me, it helps me to think about other people, right? So when you are standing up for yourself, you're really, you're standing up for all women, really, right? Um, and that helps take the pressure off me. So I'm not like, oh, you're being difficult or you're creating waves. And I, and I know that I have, I'm sure that I have lost some clients or jobs by saying, no, we have to handle this. This person said this and they can't be hitting on me while I'm trying to do my job and I'm clearly not interested or, you know, or whatever it is. Um, it's hard though. It's hard. We shouldn't have to deal with our job being difficult or, or feeling like we're being difficult for asking what we need. And a lot of it is systemic. And I'm really sorry that you have to deal with that. Um, and it makes me tired. Like it makes me tired and it makes me need ice cream. <laughs> and that's probably why I've watched Gilmore Girls a lot. Cause it's a lot <laughs> of good, strong female maternal energy and some really nice men, even Jess, who's actually my favorite. Yes. Um, <laughs> <to> see it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's lovely. Jess really becomes a wonderful person too. Um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that, that was, that was a bit of a rant, but, um, no, all good. Yeah. And I, and I, I would think I also, this is going to be on like a more practical note. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're having issues, if you, if you're, if you're, if I, if I'm on set, I try and put things in writing. Like I try and send the producer an email and be like, this is what we talked about today, just in case. Um, so it's, it's on paper, but you know, otherwise I love working in the film industry. It's such a fun job. Um, I've, I've, and I wanted to tell you guys just, just quickly about like yeah. some of the most fun things yes, please that do. I've gotten to do because of the film, like just working in film, whether that's like, um, you know, doing hair and makeup or doing wardrobe or as an actor. Um, and obviously I've directed a few things, but those are my own projects that are smaller projects. But, um, I've gotten to be a possible spy who is lying, maybe lying to the government. I'm in the spy museum. If you ever get to go to the spy museum, oh my god. I'm in a video of the spy museum. It's really fun. Oh my god, it's so cool. Um, I've made fake snot. That was really gross. <laughs> I've, dripping out of some, I've done that twice, actually. Um, dripping out of someone's nose. Oh my god. Um, I spent the night, actually I stayed up all night, in a lighthouse in the middle of the ocean. That's cool. Wow. Um, I've been in the reading room at the Library of Congress. I have a list here. Kind of like, let me think of some cool things to tell yeah. you. Um, while they had their their first drone flight inside the Library of Congress, the reading room. Um, I've, I've gotten to film inside the Air and Space Museum. And I've roamed some of the Smithsonian museums while they were empty and closed. Just oh, like walked around them by myself. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to talk to an, a leading astrophysicist about time travel. Like I just had him in my makeup chair and I was like, can we talk about time travel? Um, I got to work with a female astronaut and 
that was amazing because I looked back on my through like my Facebook a while ago and it was like, mm-hmm. can I just be friends with some female astronauts like as a joke? <laughs> and I st- I'm still in touch with her and her sister. Um, so yeah, put those crazy goals out there because it'll happen. Um, I've gotten to sit as, as a stand-in, um, I got to sit in these gorgeous, I'm, I love old cars in these, uh, 1930s and a 1930s picture car on Constitution Avenue while it was closed down for a film set for, that was for, um, The Plot Against America, which is on HBO. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gotten to be like a, a settler in Jamestown fighting someone else for an ear of corn. And I, you know, I think I just met so many wonderful people, whether it was someone in a different discipline or craft that I was working alongside, you know, um, just so many wonderful people. It's an industry that you're there because you want to be there because you worked really hard to get in, right? You're not, there's, it's very rare that you meet someone um, who's a real stinker who just hates their job. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like, it's such a delight. Um, I've had so many great conversations that I'll remember forever. And yeah, it's wonderful and magical. I've gotten to do things and talk to people that I otherwise would not have, I would, I would never have known how I would have met them, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that really is like, I mean, that's like the cherry on top. Like you get to, you get to live out your passion and you get to do all these really cool things for a job. And then it's like, you meet all these cool people and it's just like, it's just so cool. Like, and like you said, when you, like what you said earlier, like when you, when you speak up for yourself, you're speaking up for all women in the same way. I think when you go into a creative field, you're showing other creatives behind you, like this is possible. Like we can do this. Mm-hmm. And just that small little rap sheet you just gave it. Cause I know you have so much more that you've done and that you love. <laughs> yeah. those little things that you said are, are not little, like those are big accomplishments. Like those are things that people just like dream about doing. And just by you just saying those things, it just, you know, it just encourages everyone out there, whether they're in the film industry or want to go into the film industry or writing or music that like these crazy things are <laughs> not so crazy. Like they're pretty practical and you can do them because people need creatives. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that so much. That's honestly, that's so encouraging. And and you're right. Like I, I hope that me stepping out and being brave and working hard leads to other people chasing their passion. I'm really passionate about encouraging other people to chase that thing that they know they can't live without doing. Yes. Um, so I hope that's, I hope that is a result of me sharing anything is that somebody, you know, believes in what they, what they want to do. Yeah, definitely. Sally, this has been so awesome. I think this Thank is you. like, this is so great. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for on having me. Oh my gosh. This of is course. like such a bright. Yeah. This is best part of my week. Oh, awesome. Yay. <laughs> Thank, you. That. Thank you, you so guys, much. Yeah, you guys are so great. And I hope that we get to meet in person um, and, you know, have a coffee or something when, oh when God, all this yes. is over. Yes, this definitely. This is so much fun. I mean, Gabby's a writer. I'm a musician, filmmaker. I couldn't think of anything better. Oh <laughs> yeah. Where could people find you, though, if they want to follow you? Sure. So I'm on Instagram. It's at Moonlight Detective, just as it sounds, Moonlight Detective. And that's the name of the of my production company. Okay. Um, so, and the website is moonlightdetective.com, or you can also do sallykeena.com, S-A-L-L-I-E-K-E-E-N-A. Um, if you want to follow just 
uh, wardrobe styling work and hair and makeup that I've done on film. That's Sally Kina on set on Instagram. Um, I think if you do Moonlight, if you pull up Moonlight Detective, you'll see it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm mostly in those places I'm, and I'm mostly on the Moonlight Detective Instagram. But the, my website has some one short up that I made while in um, quarantine that you guys saw. Yes, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, you guys should definitely check that out. So much fun. Um, I've enjoyed our conversation so much. I hope we can have you back on. I mean, if you listen oh, to any of the episodes, we always end up talking about movies and series cool. and get so sidetracked. But yeah. we'd love to just have another kind of opportunity. Oh, please. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, I would love that because a lot of people, I think, feel like they're running out of things to watch. And I have so many suggestions. Um, and I, I love movies and TV. Movies in general. Um, I would love to nerd out with you guys. Yeah, then we'll definitely have, <laughs> to have you back so we can talk about different films because Millie and I, I mean, somehow the conversation always, it doesn't matter what episode we're like, recording, it always veers toward <laughs> film and movies. So like, we'll have to yeah. have you back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, great. Well, I look forward to that then. Yes. <laughs>